0: Looking at the theme that God gave us for this year, in other words, there are 66 books in the Bible, and there are thousands of pieces of information and content, and we are led to understand from the scripture that this isn't even everything the kingdom is. In other words, the Bible can't possibly contain everything that the kingdom is, but it is the part that we needed to know while we're on earth. Furthermore, there's no way for us to emphasize everything there is in the entire Bible every time we meet or every month or even every year. So what you have to ask yourself then personally and you have to ask as a church, what part of the kingdom is God emphasizing at this time? What part is he bringing to the service? What part is he he moving us in? And so that idea caused us to search the Scripture and to seek seek God and to understand what is God saying to our church this year. And we developed the theme out of that guidance uh, that we call the table. In other words, this idea that there is um, this basic piece of furniture, the most basic piece of furniture in your home, is probably one of the most important. Because this is where you eat, this is where you share life, this is where you... Uh, grow relationships, um, and the table is universal. In all times, in all places, people gather around the table. Even in primitive times, a table might have been a campfire. Even in parts of the world uh, that are very poor, you may find people gathering for a meal instead of uh, at a table on a carpet. Uh, and then, of course, there is the basic piece of furniture of the table. The table connects us. It connects us with family. It makes strangers friends. The table's more of a space than it is a place. It's where we do relationships. That's why the less relational that our culture becomes, the more you see the table disappearing. I'm hearing about, you know, in new home construction, uh, oftentimes now the dining room's cut out. Uh, It's gone. Because we don't need that room anymore. We don't use it. If you look in Scripture, at the beginning of time, human history begins with a table. It was called a a tree. And so even from the beginning of time, we see that there is a good table to eat at and a bad table to eat at. There's good food and there's bad food. In the garden, there's these trees we can eat from and this one tree we shouldn't eat from. And at the end of time, all of human history is wrapped up in one big glorious celebration at the table. It's a reunion in heaven where Jesus, who's the groom, is reunited with the church, his bride. And as we enter heaven, we gather around the table for a celebration feast. So what is the table? The table is where relationships grow. Where life is shared. Where people are invited and received and welcomed. And when we're at the table, titles melt away. At the table, you're not the boss and I'm not the employee. We're just people sharing a meal, eating together. During this series that we're going to focus on in the month of August, I want you to think about the table in terms of one word, and I I really want you to absorb this word, invitation. Think about the table in terms of invitation. God invites us into relationship with himself. He invites us into relationships that are for our good and for his glory. What are those relationships? Well, the first one I just mentioned, God invites us into a relationship with Himself. He also invites us into a relationship with people who don't know Him so that we might bring them the gospel. He also invites us into a relationship with His family, the church. When you respond to God's invitation, you're opening yourself up to the work of the Holy Spirit that you're not otherwise open to. So the table is about providing a space for the Holy Spirit to work. Now, this morning, if you've got something to write with or you want to take notes on your smartphone, I, I want to encourage you uh, to look with me at a few places we see in Scripture or a few times when God invites us Himself to come to the table and meet with Him. When does God invite us? When does Jesus invite us to come to the table and meet with Him? So, this first message, we're just focusing on the phrase, Come come to the table. You notice this morning there's one chair. This is the table. This is the meeting place with God. There's one chair at it because Jesus is inviting us personally and privately to come and share time with Him. When are those times that He gives us that invitation? Let me give you the first one. When our enemy is close... Psalm 23, 5 says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I want you to notice a few things about that verse and who's at the table. You notice, first off, you're at the table. You, by yourself. Your grandmother's not there. Your mom's not there. Your aunt, who is a really great intercessor, is not there. Uh, 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 Nobody else is around. Your pastor's not there. Your life group leader's not there. You're there, and you're there alone. There is a a few other people there, though, although they don't have a chair. The enemy's there. Now, that's very interesting. Darkness and evil hunt us and wait for an opportunity to overtake us. And your enemy is also at this table. Your enemy, the uh, psalm says, in the presence of my enemies, you prepare this table for me. Also, God is there. He prepared the table. When evil is close and when your skin is crawling and when your eyes are dilated with adrenaline, when you think you're going to be defeated, when temptation's around, when you've already blown it or you're on the verge of blowing it, that's when Jesus says, I made a table for you in the wilderness. Come. I made a table for you in the presence of your enemy. When things are at their worst, come. He invites us to come and to be with Him then. When this verse was written, it was the custom for every shepherd to offer their tent as a safe house. Anyone who was wandering through uh, their location where the tent was, regardless of their character or their past, by cultural expectation was to be received by the shepherd in their tent. They called these strangers guests of God. So it was the host's job to provide a full meal and ensure the traveler's safety as long as the traveler was at the shepherd's table. This is how David would have understood this verse when he wrote it. When you sit at God's table, you may be eyeball to eyeball with trouble, but God says, don't be afraid because you're at my table. And when you're at my table, I take responsibility for you. I take responsibility for your provision and I take responsibility for your safety. And by the way, I take responsibility for building the table. You just come. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Jesus must have understood that better than anyone else when he sat at the communion table and shared it with Judas, whose heart was filled with darkness and evil. You prepare a table. For me in the presence of my enemies. Why does God prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies? Why doesn't he remove all of our trouble? You know, I thought God was on our side. Doesn't he, doesn't the Bible promise us the garden of Eden or doesn't the Bible promise us the American dream? Doesn't the Bible promise us a problem filled life? Who invited the enemies anyway? After all, they're not on my invitation list. If Jesus had enemies, I'm pretty sure you and I are going to have some too. The table is not about the absence of trouble, but it's about the confidence in the face of it that we can receive by God's own gift. Jesus is there. He made the table. I want you to notice there's only one chair because the enemy's not allowed to sit. He can't eat. He can't sit, but he can stay. God's not going to remove all the trouble in our life. He will remove some. He will supernaturally in a moment come in, sometimes intervene, and remove trouble. But He won't remove it all. But what He will do is He will prepare an escape. He will prepare a fellowship place in the presence of our enemy. And He will allow us to come And refresh and rejoice and renew in the face of earth. Would it not be intimidating to you to sit down at a table and eat with someone, have a gun pointed to your head? But that's that's what we have. Now here's the thing that we don't realize. We already have someone with a gun pointed to our head. It's called the devil. What we don't have is a table unless we respond to the invitation that Jesus gives us. Come to the table. Come to the table. When our enemy is close, Jesus calls us to the table. Today, if it looks like the enemy's winning, if it looks like temptation's about to take over, if failure's destroying you, he invites you to his table, he's prepared it for you, and he wants you to eat. Here's the second time that we see God invites us to the table. When we're overwhelmed and tired. Matthew 11:28 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. When we are tired, when we're overwhelmed, when life is heavy, Jesus invites us to come to the table to be with Him. He'll give us rest, come and eat, and fellowship, and learn, and laugh, and cry, and take it in, and let it out. Come to the table. Come to the place of fellowship with Jesus when you're weary, when you're overwhelmed. I remember a few years ago, uh, our oldest son, uh, Conor, he's 16 when he was 13. uh, I remember the day he was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And that was a big challenge for us, for those of you who don't know our story, because our youngest son was diagnosed uh, two months after his fifth birthday. And type 1 diabetes is a uh, life-altering disease. It's a terrible, uh, frustrating, challenging disease that challenges you every hour of every day of every night relentlessly. Uh, And there's no relief from it. There's no offense to get back at it. You can only defend yourself and manage and manage and manage and manage. And so I can remember when I checked on the little meter, Our oldest son had begun to get sick and we didn't know why. And I can remember when we checked with our other son's meter and his sugar read six times higher than it was supposed to be. And I can remember how awful that day was and I can remember all the emotions that flooded through me and just thinking, I can't believe we're doing this again. I can't believe we're doing it again. I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it's happening again. So I went out in the yard and tried to fix myself And I went back in and I said, hey, we got to go to the hospital. And so I got him and we got in the car. We headed up 65 to Children's Hospital. I knew the routine. I knew what was coming. I knew what was going to happen. I knew how his life would change. I knew he'd start taking shots four times a day. I knew he'd start checking his sugar 10 times a day. I knew he'd have to start weighing everything. I I knew what was coming and I hated it. And as we sat there in the car together riding and he was quiet and I was trying to figure out how to help him. It, it's, it's it, we put a, I said, Connor, I don't have any answers for you, really. I wish I had a, an answer. But I don't have an answer. So we put a worship CD in. And I said, let's just in, invite Jesus here. Let's just pray. And so we just, this song, and both of us sing like a, a reject from e Terrible. <laughs> So we just started to sing, and we just started to worship, and we just started to pray, and we just started to cry. And I just put my hand on his neck, and we just cried. We just cried, and we worshiped, and we prayed. And can I tell you, Jesus' presence filled that car. Somehow in the middle of our chaos... We heard an invitation from Jesus. That wasn't really my idea. That was Jesus' idea inside me saying, Hey, I got a place here. I got a spot. It's already made, it's built, it's sturdy. I put a whole meal on it. You're weary and you're overwhelmed and you don't know what to do. I got good news. I've got a chair just for you. Come to the table, come and eat. Come, come and see what I've got for you. See what I've prepared for you. And in the middle of it all, we found a little table that Jesus had made for us. Maybe this morning you're here and you're overwhelmed and you're tired and I want you to hear Jesus' invitation to you to come to the table and meet with him. Maybe it's just time for you to come to the table and lay that burden down. And it's never our idea, it's his. We just start to hear it. Here's the third one. Jesus invites us to the table when we're thirsty. When we're thirsty. Isaiah 55 says, Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. Jesus invites you to the table when you're hungry and when you're thirsty. When the substance of life doesn't satisfy your soul, when you're empty and longing for more, Jesus invites you to come to the table and to be with Him. I remember when I was in college, uh, I was working a job and um, I was going to have to stay past the semester uh, into the Christmas break to uh, finish my work hours. And so school let out and most everybody left and the campus was mostly empty. And uh, I was working the days I had to work and I can remember I had a day off in between. And so I decided that uh, what I would do is I just wanted to take that day then and spend time with God. And so I fasted all three meals that day. This was maybe when I was uh, maybe 20. I fasted all three meals that day and I would go out to the soccer field and I would sit on the bleachers or I would, you know, walk the field and I would just pray. I would worship and I would pray and if the scriptures came to my mind, I might look them up and read them. And I just thought, I'm just going to come to the table and I'm just going to spend time with God because I'm, I'm longing inside my soul for something more. Just getting to the end of the week, just finishing the routine, just making a check so I can pay my... Just doing these things is not satisfying me. So I spent time out at the table with Jesus. And as the December Florida sunset laid across the orange groves that evening, my heart was so full... And I I can't say to you today that, look, when I was there, this is what Jesus said. Or I can't say to you in that day, this is what God did. This is what God changed in my life. This is what He fixed. This is what He gave me. This is what inside I me. I don't remember any of that. What I do remember, that day stands out to me, and I'm saying this as honest as I can before you. It was one of the single greatest days of my life that I will remember as long as I live. And nothing happened. (laughs) I was just at the table. And what was not satisfying me out here everywhere satisfied me here. My heart was full and rich and overflowing. And I don't remember anything that happened, but I just showed up. Now, looking back, I realized something. It wasn't my idea at all. It was his. I thought I picked it. I didn't pick it. Jesus invited me. And I responded to that invitation to come and be with Him. Maybe today, Jesus' invitation to you is in the form of dissatisfaction with the world around you. A longing for more of Him. A thirst that nothing can quench but Him. I want to encourage you, come to the table and drink. Here's the last time and I'll ask the worship team to come the last time there's probably many more I haven't mentioned but I want to just summarize it with this one when does Jesus invite you to come to the table all the time all the time I named some specific times that we may tend to hear the invitation better but the truth is he invites us all the time, the table's always open. A place is always set. That's incredible news. You don't have to wait till you get to church, or you get in the right mood, or you have good energy, or you're not discouraged, or something happens, or you talk to the right person. It, it, it's in the morning. It's the table set at night, alone, or if you're in a crowd, or at work, or at home, or traveling, or in your routine, or out of your schedule, or it's school, or shopping. The table is always open. Jesus died to open the table to everyone and he calls us, he invites us to himself continually. The question this morning is not when is the table open? The question is can you hear the invitation? That's the question. Revelation says to him who has an ear, let him hear. Can you hear the invitation? Does it register in your soul? Do you recognize it? Do you sense it? Do you discern it? Do you feel it? Can, can you cognitively recognize it? Jesus died to open the table and he left it open. And he's there waiting for us. My uh, my mother was a phenomenal example to me in this way. She She uh, her arms were always open to me. She was such a gift. <laughs> my, my mother loved me so blindly. <laughs> Anybody? Not, not everybody has a mother. I thought everybody. Not everybody has a mother like that. My mother loved me so blindly that there's no crime, there's no sin, there's no evil thing, there's no mischief, there's no nothing that I could have participated in. that I'm not saying she would have sidestepped it. I'm not saying there wouldn't have been correction of some kind. But I'm saying I knew in my heart of hearts there was no thing that I could ever have done or become that when I went to her, I wouldn't find open arms. And I, I, I took that for granted. I was so terrible, spoiled with it took it for granted because I thought everybody had that experience boy was I wrong as I've met with people and talked with people and counseled with people and prayed with people man oh man oh man oh man I realize not everybody had that experience but my mom by example her arms were always open and her her love for me would never change and you know what? To be, I, I, I wasn't a perfect kid, but I didn't do much stuff wrong. I didn't get in trouble. I didn't get in trouble with the police. I didn't make bad grades. I didn't get in trouble at school. I, you know, I didn't have to. Her love was resolute, and it would never change no matter what I did, so I just did good. <laughs> it set me free. Boy, isn't that how love works? And when, when I think of the table always being open, it makes me think of her. She, that's how Jesus is. The table's never closed. Jesus is never going to shut it. He's never going to make you wait. There's no line. You don't need a fast pass. It's open. It's always open. It's always open to you. It's always going to be open, no matter what you do. Love it or hate it. Reject it or accept it. Come to it or don't come to it. It's always open. Always. And there is a and a joy the table is first and foremost an invitation to us to be with Jesus so I want to ask you as we sort of set our eyes on the fall how are you going to respond to Jesus invitation to come to be with him do you have set aside in your schedule have you planned a Bible reading plan do you have a prayer time set aside regularly worship time set aside, how are you going to in the, between now and Christmas how are you going to zero in and respond to Jesus' invitation to your life what will your answer be what will your response be the greatest invitation in the world It's Jesus' invitation to come to His table, to be received by Him, to be loved by Him, to share in His family, to drink forgiveness and receive wholeness. Now this morning, I want to give you that opportunity. But I want you to be aware of something as I give you the opportunity. This is the first step or the first time or the... I mean, as we think about the fall, this is not an end, it's a beginning. You respond today and it doesn't mean I never need to respond again. It means that I'm going to start this thing off right. I'm going to get started the right way. And so this morning, I just want to ask you to stand with me. I want our prayer team to come today. And I, I, want, I want to invite you. I want to, I want to agree with God. I want to come into agreement with God. I want to invite you as He's inviting you to come to be with Him. To join Him at the table. To join Him in fellowship. And so, this morning you may be here and say, hey, the enemy, he's close. And man, oh man. And man, oh man. And here's what I... I just want to give you a word of instruction about this. Why, Why would it matter then? Come to prayer and let us stand believe in the power of prayer or you don't. When you pray things change or they don't. And if you believe things change I want to invite you to come in a moment and lock arms with one of our prayer team and say, the enemy is close and I need God. And I hear God calling me. I can hear God inviting me and I'm going to respond. I'm going to respond now. And I want God to help me. And He will. Maybe you're here and, and you're like I, I was. you overwhelmed, filled with fear, weary and tired. I got good news. God set a table just for you. I want you to come and pray with one of our prayer teams and say, "I just, I just need God to help me. I need to be refreshed. I need to be renewed. I need to be restored. I need to come and eat. Maybe you're thirsty and you're hungry and the dissatisfaction has become your call. Maybe this morning you say, I want to go deeper with God. I want to go deeper with Him. And maybe your prayer will be like this. Would you just pray with me that God would help me? That God would help me to stay committed, to stay determined, to stay resolute, to keep pursuing Him? Some of you in your gut right now, you feel something. And what happens is so many times when the feeling's gone, ask God, help me to remember what I felt right now. I want to act on it. I want to do something about it. I want want to respond. So this morning as you respond, there's a lot of ways to do that. But you take that step and say, Jesus, here I am. This wasn't my idea. Today's not not my idea. It's not our idea. Today's Jesus' idea. So how do you respond to that? So every eye closed in the building this morning, as you hear Jesus, speaking to you how will you respond how will you respond and how will you keep moving in the days ahead and maybe that's what you want to do lord help me to know what's my step after this lord help me to know how do i meet with you right now lord i thank you today for the invitation that you've given us lord help us now to respond in a way that brings glory to you the so worship